0: Hello there, I'm Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. If you listen to this podcast, you know that my goal is to always provide valuable and actionable advice for parents of teens. This week's guest brings a ton of value during our conversation. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to Jennifer Cook DeRosa. Jennifer is the founder and executive director of Homeschooling for College Credit. If you aren't familiar with it, Homeschooling for College Credit is an online support community that is free to join and run entirely by volunteers. Each year, her social organization helps thousands of homeschooling families learn how to inject college credit into their homeschool programs. If your family is not homeschooling, stick around anyway, because Jennifer shares lots of helpful tips and suggestions for anyone who wants to earn college credit through alternative methods. During our conversation, we talk about dual enrollment, earning credits through testing, and why transferability is so important. Jennifer also shares her journey through earning her own four-year degree in just 18 months. Be sure to share this one with every parent of a high schooler that you know. They will thank you big time. Now let's get started. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks so much for being here on the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Oh, Betsy, thanks so much for having me. This is a conversation that I, as I warned you before we started recording, I could probably ask you questions for hours, as we found out when we first chatted, but (laughs) I promised to control myself today. Um, I do have a lot of questions, but before we get started, will you just give my audience a little bit of an intro to who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah. My name is Jennifer Cook DeRosa, and I started a social community called Homeschooling for College Credit in 2012. And that's also the title of a book I wrote. Um, but before I kind of found founded that group, um, I was a homeschooling mom and I was teaching at a community college. I had been with the community college for a very long time. I started actually as an administrator um, back in the 90s before I was married and before I had kids. And so when my son got into middle school, my oldest son, we have four, when he got into middle school, I started to kind of panic a little bit. You know, we were homeschooling and I felt really confident in our homeschool plan. But what was looming and was really, you know, I don't know, kind of caused a lot of anxiety was what we were going to do about college. You know, we didn't really have an exit strategy and I wasn't 100 percent confident in being able to be his guidance counselor. So I actually stumbled on a book that another homeschooling mom gave me that mentioned some ways to earn alternative college credit. And I went to my job and I asked a colleague if we, you know, could could accept alternative credit. And I was so surprised and so shocked because not only did we accept alternative types of credit, but we were an official testing center and our students at the college could test out of as much as 75% of their degree. So this was- Seven, I'm sorry, yes, 75%? 75%. And that is still true today. That's through Eastern Iowa. Was that Iowa. CLEP, it, yeah. through CLEP test? Yeah. Eastern Iowa Community College District. And that was using CLEP exams. And that is not, I came to learn, not super unusual, by the way. But despite having been- in the community college world despite having been an administrator cuz I was an administrator for 4 years before I became a mom I you know I really thought I knew all of the different options and so when I learned of this it really really changed a lot of how I thought of you know just the entire process of of not getting into college but how to get out of college how to complete those degree requirements because these are opportunities that as an employee of a college, I should have known about, I should have been able to talk to my students about. Um, and so I made a point of really starting to to dive into understanding alternative credit so that I could use those with my son. And I did an experiment and I took a CLEP exam, which is a type of exam. We'll talk about that today. Um, but I took one to see how hard they were, to see if it was, you know, super challenging. I mean, testing out of a class sounds really intimidating and overwhelming and, and big, right? Um, but I found a discarded textbook that our bookstore was throwing away called uh, Human Growth and Development. And that happens to match up to one of the exam titles that was on the list. And so I read that book just casually the way that you'd read a novel. And I didn't know how to study for a club exam, but I, I went in and I took the exam and I passed. And so That kind of started this this big adventure into understanding how to accumulate college credit cheaply and on my own time and uh, just in a way that didn't involve me sitting in the classroom. And I managed to test out of an associate's degree this way. And this was in a short period of time. And this was in about six months. And when you test out of a class, you generally don't have to pay tuition. So I was super motivated to, you know, to kind of do this and see. And so after I had this experience earning this credit alternatively, as my son got a little bit older, my oldest son, um, I knew that not exactly what I had done, but a variation on the theme of what I had done could be something that we would work into our homeschool. And that was how I really started thinking about how to homeschool while early, earning college credit. So that my sons would have kind of a head start and they could, um, you know, work towards a degree without the cost and some of the challenges that came with it. But I had no idea, like, I really had no idea that, that it would become the community that it is today. I mean, it was just a place for me to kind of blog about what I was doing.
0: Yeah. And how many, first of all, wow. Wow. Um, I've, I'll save some questions, but how many people are in the community now? Like, do you know approximately, cause you have, so you have a blog, which yeah. you can subscribe to by email and you have a Facebook group.
1: Yeah. So we, we live on Facebook. I mean, I think most of our community is, you know, in my age or my generation. And so we like Facebook. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok Same. or whatever. Um, but We have about 30,000 in our Facebook groups. So we have Facebook groups for every state. So every Facebook group is going to be um, specific to where you live because where you live with homeschooling matters and your access to college credit resources matters as well. So if you homeschool for college credit in Indiana, that is going to look different than homeschooling for college credit in New York Or in California, or in Texas, or you know. So we have homeschooling for college credit groups in all fifty states. We have a couple little special groups because we have special segments in our community. We have families that are military, and so they're stationed outside of the United States, um, but they're residents of one of our states, and they're you know their situation is a little different. We have families whose kids are aiming for Division One, two, or three sports. After you know, after high school, and so how they earn college credit looks a little different. And so we've got some specialty groups, and then um, those groups are all led by volunteers who are parents who have homeschooled for college credit in that state, who have a either a teen that's currently in school or they've already you know graduated, and the parents have stuck around and and are you know very altruistic and are willing to help the other people in the community. And so it's very much a crowdsource fellowship kind of approach, you know, we help each other because the, um, the opportunities are there if you know about them. Um, and so that's our Facebook group community and on our Facebook page, that's, that's just me. And so that's pretty much uh, general information. So I'm not going to be able to, you know, tell someone about something special in, let's say North Carolina on the general page, but that's where we talk about all of the big different topics that are really interesting and really important to our community. So things about how to um, develop your transcript when it has college credit on it, how to locate study resources, how to develop um, a grade for your student's class when they've tested out, things like that I talk about on the main Facebook page. And I don't know, I think there's probably about 25,000 that follow that. And then there's a website and that website is where the blog is and where our content is archived. And it's my little favorite part of the world where I get to to type all about, um, you know, these types of topics and things that interest me. And uh, it's just grown really well. And we don't do any advertising, you know, we're a zero revenue organization. So it's all word of mouth, all volunteers. Um, and it's a wonderful, warm and supportive place to be. Yeah, I didn't realize that you
0: were zero revenue. So that's Incredibly impressive. I mean, the work you do is impressive. The number of blog posts that you write—I'm—I'm I'm constantly looking in my inbox and I find another note about a blog post and I'm like, again, how does she do it? <laughs> <laughs> I can barely churn out a podcast episode once a week, but—and um, I know it's a community and I—I I love that about your community. And I just want to go back to a couple of things you said. Yeah. So, and you and you and I talked about this too. So you. Tested out of a AA degree in about six months. Right. 100% passed out.
1: Yes, I did have an associate's degree. However, my associate's degree was the wrong kind of a degree. It was the kind of degree that doesn't transfer anywhere. It was from a nationally accredited trade school, which um, I didn't know at the time because it was considered the top school. But it is not the type of degree that is designed to transfer anywhere. Um, so my credits didn't transfer, and th- this was, you know, this was in the '90s, so there weren't a lot of of opportunities. I remember, you know, hearing radio commercials for University of Phoenix. I think it was, and I thought, gosh, if I can't get in anywhere, I can get in there. And they had no interest in giving me any college credit for any of my credits. So, you know, just as a as a backstory, I didn't understand accreditation I didn't understand transferability keep in mind I worked in a college i <laughs> I was an administrator but I didn't understand the system you know um, and so when I tested out of that aA degree I was in essence starting from scratch because I had zero credits that were coming in from my other degree and um, I had to start from scratch if I wanted a four-year degree
0: so you basically just read the books and test it out. Well, I, mean, I know I'm oversimplifying that. But. I, I
1: mean, okay. So keep, let's let's keep in mind two things. Like when I did it, I already had a high school diploma, right? So right. I'm an adult, and mm-hmm. I was in my 30s. Um, this is not necessarily the way that that I would advise you if you're talking about a 15 year old. Okay, but I had already, you know, had some time on the planet, and so. I felt like I could read a book and retained a good portion of it. And I took the test and my first test that I took, I did really well. And I studied for that test probably a week, I would say. Um, But then as I started passing more, you get a little bit of confidence in terms of knowing what they're going to ask. And what they ask is really predictable. It's one-on-one stuff. You know, if, Mm -hmm. if it is covered in a basic 101 course, it is going to be on the test, and these are multiple choice exams. So one of the things that I t- told my kids is the answer is there. Okay, so start start with that premise. The answer is there. You just have to eliminate the ones that aren't um, the right answer. And so I started using kind of a more refined technique for myself, and I would use books that were targeted towards test prep. Um, similar books like what you might use if your student's getting ready to take the SAT. You know, you would get a test prep book. That's not necessarily teaching you the information um, well, but it's telling you what to expect. And so I would Mm -hmm. use test prep guides. I would use um, practice tests and things like that to kind of get caught up. And some of it, you know, it really depends on your interest level and your background. For instance, when I studied for and tested out of United States History II, there were current events on that test that I was alive for. <laughs> I remember them happening, you know. Um, now, my sons couldn't say the same because I've had sons born after 9-11. And so to them, that's history, you know. But it's it's all about kind of what your your background is. Um, I didn't test out of, out of um, the sciences. I didn't test out of math because I wasn't strong in those. And so when I started to kind of approach those, I thought, gosh, that was – probably too big of a subject for me to learn independently like that. Um, And so I did take classes for those, but there were a lot of subjects that um, I felt really confident going in and I didn't feel like I needed to do a ton of studying. And so it it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be, but it's also not to be underestimated. I mean, you do have to learn the information whether you've learned it 10 years ago or 10 minutes ago, you still have to learn it and you have to, um, you know, answer questions that are not based on a specific book or a specific curriculum. So that's a little bit different than what some of our students would experience. You know, when you're in high school, you have a textbook, and a lot of times the questions and the final exams are drawn from that material. When you do a standardized test approach, it's going to be drawn from a field of questions, a big pool, and it's not going to be from a specific textbook. So um, the knowledge has to be there, but it's, it's totally doable. I mean, I was honestly surprised that it wasn't as hard as I thought. And I did fail one test. I feel like I should say that because, (laughs) um, you know, not to make it sound like it's all rainbows, uh, but I did fail one test and it's funny because I was so devastated, even though secretly I did know that I wasn't super prepared. I was trying to be efficient and get something done before a certain deadline. And, um, and you know it didn't work to my advantage so i had to i had to do it again later but um but it yeah it it ended up working out really well for me because it gave me enough of a head start that i could then begin my bachelor's degree with a significant amount of credit and um i had some other credit that i had um received by that time through classes that i had taken i i was enrolled um online classes through my local school, my local community college, um, which allowed me to still be a mom and homeschool parent and pay a little bit less tuition. But all in all, it took me about 18 months to get my associates and my bachelor's together. That's amazing.
0: And yeah, it's a a lot to think about for a teenager. Of of your four, you have four boys, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I'm in awe of that alone because I have two and I barely make it most days. But um, of the four of those, how many have
1: finished high school? Is it half of them, two of them? Three of them have finished high school. And my youngest is in 11th grade. And he is earning college credit through our community college through a program called Dual Enrollment, which allows him to enroll in college classes tuition free. And then I grant him high school credit for those. And he is studying to be a welder. So his dual enrollment classes are in welding. And we'll be right back after this quick break. My name is Cindy Burnett. And each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler free about their books so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.
0: So of the three boys who have finished high school, what what percentage would you say of their classes have
1: they tested out of? Not very many because... Um, with my oldest, now he did test out of a few of his classes. I want to say it was maybe three or four. Um, but what had happened for me is that we moved to North Carolina in 2012 and we left Illinois. So in Illinois, and this kind of segues into also talking about, you know, this is going to depend on where you live. When we lived in Illinois, dual enrollment wasn't an option and there was no free tuition in high school. So the one class that he had taken before we moved, I think I paid about $600 for, and um, it was not a class that he could have tested out of, but I paid about $600 for that. When we moved to North Carolina, dual enrollment tuition is completely free if you're in high school. And at the time, I would have had to pay money for him to test out, but not pay money for him to take the class. So even though he had, he had done a few of them just to, to kind of speed up the process, by the time we moved to North Carolina, I was very, very invested in having my kids use the dual enrollment program here. Um, but uh, I think I think my third son also uh, took three or four CLEP exams. My second and my fourth sons, not great test takers. So we didn't even try with them. But, you know, that hasn't stopped them from earning college credit. So testing out is one way, but it's not the only way. I mean, for me, it was the portal that I learned about, you know, the concept that college doesn't have to look one way. You know, that was the game changer. That was the piece that kind of informed the whole avalanche. And that was to understand that you don't have to wait until I graduate high school to send them off to a school where they're going to sit in a classroom and it's going to take between four and six years to get a degree. That was kind of the game changing concept for me. And, um, you know, back in the beginning in 2012, when I've kind of first started talking about all this and diving into it and, and starting the group, it was, it was me sharing my experiences really because that was, you know, I didn't know any homeschoolers who were doing what I was doing And so that was just kind of an outlet for me. But now here we are in 2021 and it's completely different because now not only, um, I mean, I still have my own experiences, but my own experiences are so irrelevant. You know, we have so many people in our community, so it's a constant feeding of new learning that's going on. And now it's not my brain that's, you know, sending out information, it's the brains of all these moms and all these dads who are doing this and who are sharing with each other. And so it's, it's genuinely like a crowdsourcing of information. I mean, um, it's, so it's not, you know, it's not my sons that are demonstrating the success of earning college credit in high school. It's the, the success of all of the kids in our community whose parents are looking for ways for them to earn college credit so they can save time or save money. And, you know, truthfully, if they earn one college credit in high school, they're ahead. You know, most people don't earn college credit until they go to college. So just one credit, it should be applauded because that is, that is giving them that little bit of a jump start. And so we have lots of families whose kids maybe take one class, but that's great because now that's something that they don't have to do later. They don't have to pay for later. We have families whose teens, maybe they're academically gifted. And so they're taking classes very early but, you know, that's that's just going to work for them, then that, that that doesn't mean that's the norm or the standard or the expectation, you know. Um, I think the average person in our community probably starts around 11th or 12th grade. And just based on the surveys that I've conducted in our organization, I know that the average family earns between 30 and 60 college credits. So that's between one and two years of college before they graduate high school. And um, so it's that's what is really, you know um, demonstrating that it's possible for normal, average, regular students to do this. You do not have to be exceptional. You don't have to be, you know, working four or five grade levels ahead. I mean, none of that. And, uh, you can just be, um, you know, kind of aware of all these different options and find the one that works for you. So your content,
0: including your, your Facebook page and your blog and your book is all labeled, um, homeschooling for college credit. But the truth is, what you talk about, and the methodologies that you that you talk about, it's relevant really for any high schooler, right?
1: Well, so yeah, here's, here is the big, the big picture. Okay, the big picture is that not only do you not have to be a homeschooler, but you don't have to be a teenager. Okay. And I think the reason that I called it homeschooling for college credit is because that's what we were doing. That made sense in my brain. Um, I was homeschooling and we were earning college credit. So it just fit, you know, and I do write about college credit from the perspective of a homeschooling parent, because that is, you know, the majority of our audience. However, let me also say, if you listen to my story when I, when we first came on today, right, I was an adult. I wasn't being homeschooled and I wasn't in high school. So you certainly aren't limited if you're In um, or if you're out of high school and you're not limited if you're not being homeschooled. So I would say 100% of everything that we talk about and do is really applicable to any age with a couple small exceptions. So if you have already graduated high school and that doesn't matter if you were homeschooled or private school, public school, it makes no difference. If you've already graduated high school, there's really only one thing you can't do and that is what's called dual enrollment. The colleges are not going to give you reduced tuition because you're already out of high school. However, I have on my landing page at homeschoolingforcollegecredit.com, 30 ways to earn college credit. Dual enrollment is only one of them. Okay. So the other 29 are completely good to go. And um, you can do the same idea, even if it's not called dual enrollment, but you can do the same idea through a community college. So, you know, there is certainly a way to do that. The challenge for the families who have students who are in public or private school is that the parent doesn't own their schedule. And what I mean by that is your school or your teen's school rather is not going to let them out of class for the day to go to the community college and take that welding class. You know, they're not going to do it, but you should know that most of the public and private high schools have relationships with the college system. If you live in a state that has dual enrollment, where they are actually bringing the teachers to the high schools or they are um, credentialing the high school teachers who have met the requirements to teach those classes. So for instance, your teens high school might have a psychology 101 course being taught at the high school, being taught by a high school teacher, but it is worth college credit. So there you know there are options that way. But what you can do is if you have a student who's super motivated, And really wants to try something, what you can do as the parent is you can have them take a credit by exam, for instance, CLEP, like we we spoke about, that matches up with the subject that they're studying in high school. And you don't need the school's permission to do this. So if your student took honors biology this year and um, they've done really well, right? Like they're engaged, they're interested, they they feel very confident with the, the material, it is totally reasonable for you to have them take a CLEP exam in biology. There are ways that you can do that now for free. And so there's nothing to lose by them taking the exam. The worst thing that could happen is they don't get college credit, but that's no different than if they hadn't taken the exam, right? So there's really no downside. It's all upside. Um, And this is, is kind of following the same principles of what they do with advanced placement. So in advanced placement, it's the same idea. You study the subject all year, and then at the end of the year, you take the exam and Advanced Placement and CLEP are both authored by the same company. College Board is the author of both of those types of exams. So you can kind of DIY your own version if you have a public or a private school student and just use the the CLEP exam that matches up to what their subjects are in high school.
0: I did not know any of this. This is fascinating. And yeah, I, first of all, I have your book and read most of it. And listeners, don't hesitate, go online and order it. Because if you have a teenager, homeschooled, public school, private school, as Jennifer said, there is so, she has this list of 30 ways to earn college credit. And I wish we could go through all 30 today, but we don't have time. Um, But you've touched on a couple, which are so helpful.
1: Well, everything kind of falls into two categories. And so this is like a super simplification, but just in general, you can either earn college credit through a class or you can earn college credit through testing out. Now, within each of those categories, there's a zillion brands, okay? So, um, you know, we mentioned advanced placement. That's one brand of credit by exam. CLEP is another brand of credit by exam, and there are others. Um, When I put that list together on the website, I rank them by transferability because transferability is really important. You want to improve the odds of this credit counting later, right? And so if you have the opportunity to kind of you know, consider the whole list. And you, you know, you really want to improve the chances of that credit transferring, staying towards the top of the list where there's excellent transferability or good transferability is smart, because that improves the chances of that credit counting later.
0: So are there specific people at a a university or specific pages on their website that will tell you what will transfer and what won't? Is that pretty common?
1: Um okay so you would think that that would be very common. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> but it is not. So what you have to do is you have to kind of have some guiding principles, all right? And so um if you have a teen who is dead set on a certain occupation and is going to a certain college, you can do exactly what you suggested. You can go to that college's website. You can investigate whether or not they award credit by exam. For CLEP at Advanced Placement or any of the other brands. You can look and see if they have transfer agreements or relationships with other colleges like community colleges. Um, Typically, it's a two-year college that has an agreement with a four-year college. Typically, it's not four-year to four-year. But but let's say that um, your local community college does have an agreement with the four-year school that you're going to attend. There will be a lot of documents on their website. And those documents will help you understand the process. Not all degrees transfer, but colleges do have it set up so that these transfer degrees are meant to transfer well into these four-year programs. So that is all. that all sounds good. And if you're an adult, that's the advice you should follow. You should pick that one school and you should plan it out perfectly. When you are homeschooling for college credit, that is almost never the case because parents will find our community around middle school or high school. And more likely than not, their teens have zero idea of where they want to go to school. The parent doesn't know how they're going to pay for it. So money is a, a big um, piece of the equation as to where they're going to go. And they've kind of narrowed it down to, you know, maybe one or two different occupations or majors, but they're not totally sure. I mean, so what happens is, is you have a lot of uncertainty. That's one part of it. The other part of it is that colleges review their course catalogs every single year. And those catalogs include their policies. So a college that accepts CLEP this year might not accept it next year. A college that will award English 101 credit for an advanced placement exam might not do that next year and vice versa. They might not this year, but maybe they will next year. So what you have are you have these kind of all these moving parts and you cannot hit that target. That's impossible. So my advice to that, to to really protect yourself against all of those changes, is to not pay attention so much what the colleges or a specific college is requesting and instead to focus on your homeschool. So for instance if your state has certain graduation requirements, you have to meet those. And you meet those with your curriculum. If you have opportunities to bring college credit into your homeschool, then that makes sense. If your student is going to study US history, guess what? You can also do United States history AP exams or you can do CLEP exams but bring it in because you're going to study US history anyway. I would not chase. I sometimes call it playing whack-a-mole. You know, I would not chase mm-hmm. down the policy of one or two colleges and and just wait on their hang on their every word for whether or not they're going to take this exam. We don't have time for that. So, you know, if you just start bringing college credit into your high school program, you can easily bring in, you know, 30, 60 credits. And then as your teen starts to kind of focus and narrow down what they are thinking about studying, you can start looking for programs, you can start comparing programs. And if you have a teen that only has maybe completed one college course, that's not going to be a huge factor in determining where they go. But for families whose kids have earned a lot of college credit, maybe a year or more, then that definitely informs where they go. And so you take that list of 3,800 accredited colleges and you start whittling it down and filtering it out based on what kinds of credits accepted and what it's going to cost to finish.
0: All oh, super helpful information. Um, I've been taking notes, but this is all <laughs> going to be in the show notes, people. And of course you can listen. Um, so before we run out of time, what else? Is there any, do you have any like nuggets of advice or kind of insider tips or tricks for parents who might be scratching their heads right now about like, how do they get started? What's What's step number one?
1: Well, I mean, I think that the, the best way to get started, number one is to don't, you know, don't let yourself feel overwhelmed. Okay. Just start with that. Understand that you could be 20 years working for a college and not understand this. Okay. So anything that you're learning when they're in high school and all of this information that you're taking in is really going to be to your advantage. It is all upside. The more, you know, the better you're going to be able to plan and the more resourceful that you can be. So Getting into our Facebook community, following the the website. I mean, these are easy to do. Where you can just observe and read. You don't have to participate. You don't have to go in and and feel like you know. Oh, I'm going to ask a question, and it's a stupid question. There are no stupid questions. And our group moderators are trained at being, you know, warm and friendly. And um, we want you to ask questions. So coming in, reading, and just kind of learning. And also the last day of every month is a celebration day. And so parents are encouraged to share what their teen has done that month as far as if they've earned college credit. And so a lot of families tell me that those, those post days are the, the reason that they started because they have read you know, over and over, oh my gosh, this person can do it, or that person can do it, or this person with a learning disability did it, or this very young person did it, you know, um, or my son who doesn't want to go to college now is motivated to do it because we found a class that he liked. So, you know, reading what other people are doing is incredibly encouraging. And, um, and that's, I think how to get started is to just kind of, just kind of come on board. Yeah. I
0: love the celebration. That's a great idea. And I've started, I joined your group and I've joined your group in Florida here where I am and I'm following along as well. So this has been Amazing! I I'm so glad. I have to tell you, I the reason I found out about you was because I had two friends who both told me I had to read your book. <laughs> um, well, and I I don't I even appreciate I
1: appreciate that. <laughs> I don't
0: even homeschool my kids, and they're like, "You need to read this book." She is so and and oh by the way, have her on the podcast. She is your people. You know, she is definitely somebody you want to talk to, and both of them. Wait till I tell them I interviewed you. Like, think you're the best thing since sliced bread. Um, so I'm going to include all the links. I'm going to have a link to your website slash blog, um, your Facebook g- community, and then people can look for the one in their state. Are you on Instagram or anywhere else that I should include oh, links I'm to?
1: Not. I'm. Not. I don't
0: blame you. It's hard enough to keep up with Facebook.
1: I'm not. I, you know, I. This is not an excuse, but. Um, it takes every bit of, of time I have to get those posts out to my community every day in the Mm -hmm. platform that I know well and and where they are. I don't have a lot of extra time to grow on a new platform. I'm not saying never, but just for now, while I still have a son who's being homeschooled, it's just, it's just not enough minutes in the day. I, I get you.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm, I'm super grateful.
1: Betsy, I appreciate you inviting me. I really love to talk about this. Um, you know, we could talk for a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many things we didn't even even get to cover, but I would just, you know, close by saying that there are no disadvantages to earning college credit in high school. None. The very worst thing that could happen is that they didn't get to count them towards a degree later. And when you're in high school, those credits can be earned cheaply or in many cases free. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of upside for giving it a go. And I would just encourage moms to find out about it and dads too.
0: Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Talk about eye opening. I have two kids in high school, one about to graduate. And most of this was news to me. I mean, our high school sort of helps kids take dual enrollment classes, but for the most part, it's all about advanced placement. But that's another episode for another time. I am blown away by how much Jennifer knows about all of this, and she does this all for free. What an incredible opportunity for parents and teens to save time and money while earning college credits. There's so much information on Jennifer's website, You can find it at homeschoolingforcollegecredit.com. If you're on Facebook, I highly recommend following her general page and joining the group in your state. I learn something every single time I visit her pages. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful you took the time to listen, and I'd really appreciate it if you would follow or subscribe to the High School Hamster Wheel podcast in your favorite podcast player. I welcome your feedback, and I'd love to hear any ideas you have for future episodes. Be sure and check out the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com 106, where I will include all links mentioned during this episode. And if you know of a teenager who is unsure their next step after high school, a college student rethinking their future career path, or a young person who just needs some guidance with evaluating career choices, I can help. You can learn more about me and the coaching I offer at BetsyJewelCoaching.com. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. You've got questions. We've got answers.